Okay, so Nicole, you work uh, with some of the people who are involved with the operations trying to get the people out of Afghanistan, correct? Yes. Okay, so tell, tell us what you have been doing, volunteering your time to do to get this going. Well, I guess I can start off with how I got into it, if that's fine. Sure. So my father-in-law had been sending messages saying that he was trying to get some of his friends out of Afghanistan that were stuck and that he was needing help. And so I offered to help and then really got thrown into everything. I honestly didn't know what I was getting into, but I'm really glad that I said I could help out because it's been really incredible. But basically what I do is I, we have a lot of families that are stuck in Afghanistan and there's a lot of different missions and different nonprofit organizations that have been doing attempts to get them out. And so the men in Afghanistan will send me all of their information and I will put it into the system with these different organizations and in hopes that they can get on planes or hopes that they can get out. And how long have you been doing this? Since July. Since July. Okay. So when you organize this, you put it into the database and then and try to figure out whether they're in the north or the south, in the city, in the rural areas whether or not uh, they have, and obviously you must include some of their family members as well. Mm -hmm. All of their wives and children put in all of their birthdays and yeah. And how many people have you entered into this database? I personally have done 55. I know our group is a lot bigger now, but I've done it for 55 like men, women, and children so far. And what's the youngest? Who's the youngest? Here? was born a couple months ago. I think they're three or four months old. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of mm -hmm. crazy. It always breaks my heart when I'm typing in those names and I put in those birthdays and I, I can't imagine that there's just these couple months old babies that are just, the parents are just hiding out, trying to take them to have a good life. It just, ugh, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. It, must, it's, it, it, it is scary when you're traveling with a, with an infant that's for certain under these circumstances. So what have you learned about through this experience? I think I've learned that, I mean, at first these people were strangers. They were just names that I was helping out. But then over the past few months, I've been able to interact with them almost every single day and actually get to know them on a deeper level. And I've really been able to see that they're honestly just like my brothers and sisters. They're just family to me now. They have, I have similar interests with them. Like they're some of the kindest people I've ever met. And, I've just seen, I don't know how incredible these people are. And just tell us, tell us one of the tell us one of the friendships you've developed through this experience. For sure, one of one of my friends now. His name is Faiz, and we kind of clicked at first, and it's been really fun. But I studied childhood development in college, and he has. A real interest in that he took a developmental psychology class and he loves learning and so we always mm -hmm. like to talk about that and he always sends me pictures of his kids he has four children and i always talk about how cute they are and he tells me about what they've been up to and what they're playing with and it's just been really fun to interact with him and he always says that he's praying for me and for my husband and he's just i don't know he's just very nice and genuine and i think that he has all the reason to get down or to be sad, but instead he's always saying like, God loves you and sending all these nice messages. And so he's just really incredible. 
So when you've gone through this experience, you've actually, these are not statistics to you. These are not entries of data. These actually are people to you that you've, you've come to adore and love and feel part of the team to protect them. How are they doing on the inside when, you know, when they're over there going through this journey? There's a lot of ups and downs. Their hopes will get really up at the start of a mission and we'll be really encouraging them. And then so far all of the missions have failed and it, it gets pretty sad when, when it fails and when they have to tell their children that like it didn't work and I, it gets hard sometimes, but. How close have they gotten to the, were you uh, talking to these families when they were, when the, the U.S. was still taking people outside of Afghanistan? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so did you ever interact with anybody who was at the gate that couldn't get into the gate? Uh, yes, many times. They would try to do different runs, but yeah. every single time they got turned back or threatened to get beheaded, and so they would have to run home or they'd have to hide. And it was, it's hard. That's did you stay with them on the, did you stay with, in communication with them after, you know, they were, they were disappointed when they didn't get out? Mm-hmm. I remember one specific one. Um, I was just in the mall shopping and but trying to like keep up with everybody on Facebook Messenger. And then we thought that this one was really going to work. And then it didn't. And one of the men, he sent a message and it said, it seems that we have been forgotten. And that really hurt my heart because there's so many of us here that haven't forgotten them and we want them to be able to come, but other people have forgotten them and they don't care and they they know that and they feel that. And I, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Do they, um, but I think it's interesting that they've lifted you up as well, even though they're the ones that are behind and left behind, okay? Because you're, you're trying so hard. What about, what about the, have you heard any stories from them about their daily life, you know, being on the run and what they've had to endure? Yes. Let me try to think of one in specific. I know there was one point where one of the families was, um, the Taliban found where they were. And so they had to go hide somewhere where we couldn't even know exactly where they were because they didn't want anyone to be able to trace their location right and they didn't have any phone service and so about once a day this man would leave his family and he would hide and try to go into a different place where he had phone service that he could update us and say we are okay see if there's any updates on the mission and then he would have to like try to find food for his family and then sneak back to his family and be, be with them how are they how are they able to um well, I, I Christine, guess, Christine, your mic is really like making noise. Um, I don't know. If my mic? Somebody's. That's better. Yeah. Okay. Is that better? Yeah. Thanks. I don't know if there's a. Is it your computer? It sounds or? like somebody's typing. Yeah. But that, that wasn't me. No. Okay. I just thought it was somebody's mic jiggling. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. So, so Nicole. When when you are um, engaged with them and and they're you know coming back and communicating with the team over here in the U.S., are have you heard about anybody being captured? There was one of our men that was in a crowd and the Taliban spotted him, and because they're on the list of the Taliban, um, like of their enemies, he did get shot at 
but he's okay and he lived. But none of our people have been captured yet, at least. And do they do they fear? I mean, they obviously must fear that because that's why they're on the run. Mm -hmm. they have they mentioned to you, have they mentioned to you uh, any promises that were made to them prior to the U.S. pulling out of Afghanistan? And and or you know, did they have the correct SIVs, the visas? Yeah, they were. They have the S. Most of them are SIV applicants. There's been one that he's been trying for years, and then for the silliest reasons, it keeps getting denied, even though all the information is correct. Mm -hmm. And they, I don't. There's just been so many false promises of like the government saying that they were going to help them, and then they didn't get helped. And it's I don't. Did they know. say who was it? Was it people at the embassy? Um, I don't know exactly, so I can't give like exact information on that. So I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nicole. I have a question. A lot of the younger generation of Americans um, support Biden, and I think a lot of that's due to ignorance. What would you say to them that the person that caused these people to be put in this in harm's way like this? People that supported our country, and now they're being literally murdered. I just don't understand how they can support someone that wants to turn these wonderful people into sex slaves or behead the fathers. Like, mm. Those are people that we need to be saving, that he promised that he would save, and it's just not happening, and they have to live in fear every day. And so I don't understand how people can still support that. Good answer. Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you for what you're doing. And, and, and I think it's a tribute to your parents, you know, as well as your family that mm -hmm. you're, that you're actually doing this and you're learning from them. They're yeah. wonderful people. So I have a lot of great examples in my life. So I'm glad that they taught me to care. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Nicole. Important. Thank you for having me.